Baseball. You are tuned into episode 93. Today, we're going to continue our divisional previews and we're going to touch on the AFC North. And then we're going to do a little bit of an interesting... I don't, I don't know how we want to describe this. This is kind of a new thing that we're doing. I guess it's sort of like a blind taste test, but... Mm-hmm but NFL player that doesn't sound right but you know you know what I mean we're, we're gonna essentially go through two options based on solely stats and then pick who we would prefer based on those stats and kind of figure out if stats lie or if stats tell the whole truth and and uh go from there so that, that'll be kind of fun but first and foremost introducing my co-hosts that I have here with me as per usual Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan how are you guys doing 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 well and uh you know it's june 1st that's when trades can happen so stay tuned for julio and hopefully no aaron Rodgers news <laughs> and uh just keep keep the eyes open for for things that may may happen because there's a, a lot of cap breaks that teams can take advantage of after june 1st so keep an eye out for any moving and a shaking in the nfl world yeah so by, probably by the time this podcast comes out there will be some breaking news and a trade or a cut or something's gonna happen uh, with the next 24 hours and the rest of the week so it's an interesting time summer's pretty much here we have 100 days till nfl season starts up so hey, slowly but surely we're getting back to football yeah it'll be here before you know it and we'll we'll keep our ears to the ground as far as anything that happens and stay tuned to our twitter our website we'll have uh, any breaking news that you can check out there um but without further ado let's dive into our preview of the afc north this is an interesting one Again, I feel like we probably have a similar situation to what we had last um, last week, where we're going to have one and two maybe differing from from person to person, and then three and four I think are relatively cemented in in uh, our rankings here for the AFC North. But let's talk about it and why we think um, what we think will be what happens. Well said, Cyrus. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. As for as always, uh, Durgan, why don't we start with you, man? What, what do you think yeah. is going to happen? Um, and uh, let us let us know. I guess we can go we can go sort of team by team. Um, yeah. To keep things cohesive, so give us your first, and then uh, Casey, whether or not that's your first, talk about that team that that Durgan talks about. Yeah. So our first two are the same, like you said, in some capacity. Uh, my first team is the Cleveland Browns, who I said last week were one of the four elite teams in NFL at this point. I was wrong. That's actually five elite teams. I've got to include the Rams because uh, they're gonna be pretty damn good this year. But I think the Browns are be very, very good this year. Uh, they had two weaknesses coming to the offseason, uh, linebacker and secondary. Addressed both of those uh, in free agency, also in the draft. Uh, Stein John Johnson, a very good uh, safety from the Rams. Drafted uh, Greg Newsom, drafted Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. So I don't think they have like an actual weakness on this team. Offensive line is very good. Uh, Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Maybe the best edge rusher in the league. Uh, best one-two uh, RB duo. And it comes down to Baker Mayfield. And I think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I don't think he is necessarily a true franchise quarterback. He is what he is at this point. He, he's a fun player to watch. He's in every commercial uh, you see on NFL Sundays. So he's a good, remarkable guy. But he plays too inconsistent for my liking. And I said this last year when OBJ went down. He is better when OBJ isn't playing. Look at his stats from last year. Without OBJ in 10 games, 16 touchdowns, 2 picks, 63% completion percentage. With OBJ, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions in 6 games, and only clean 60% of his passes. So now that OBJ is back, he has to just realize that he can't force the ball to one guy. Keep spreading it out. I think Kevin Stefanski sees that. He's going to run the ball 
uh, and continue to do that. As uh, long as he can play at the level he did last year, make it a little bit better, they can be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs last year. They had that yep. tough call, the helmet-to-helmet that you know, the kid got a touchdown <clears throat> off of. Of course, Mahomes went down that game, so things could have changed. But they, they went toe-to-toe with the uh, defending champs and played them very, very tough. So I'm a big Browns guy. I know Cyrus is the first one on the Browns bandwagon. I'm hopping yes, in. I'll, I'll, I'll be riding a shotgun. There's room. And, uh, he, he, was riding there, he was there a year early, though. Hey, there was no bandwagon. The bandwagon was missing a wheel. It was dragging well, through the Well, hey, <laughs> that's how you know, you know, that's how True you fan. know I'm dedicated to, to my bandwagon because uh-huh. I was there I a year so. early. I'm not like you, Casey. I don't have like one foot in every bandwagon possible. <laughs> That's how you get going the fastest, you know. One uh, a wheel falls off, and you're already a little bit in already the on. Yeah. All so, right. Uh, I have the Browns going second in the AFC North, um, not for lack of talent, but I think the Ravens are equally talented, if not more so, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, and that's really where it comes down to the nitty-gritty for me is that last year the Ravens had the ninth best defense by DVOA and last year the Browns had the 25th ranked defense by DVOA and I know they they added some pieces but rookies are not usually high impact players like if you get uh, what the Bucks got with Antoine Winfield and um, the guys that they they selected last year if you're getting that kind of play from rookies that are contributing in playoffs and and meaningful snaps that's that's sort of not the norm that's that's icing on the on the cake um but then if you can hit on those those rookie guys that instant those instant contributors um then you end up in the super bowl because you already have a talented team so um you know i think there's potential there i'm just not expecting that browns defense to take as big of a jump as maybe a lot of other people are and that's why i have them at 12 and 5 they're finishing one game behind the ravens um, and they're getting the sixth seed in the AFC. So, you know, I like a lot about the Browns, especially on offense. Um, I think we've seen it a lot with Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur and uh, even with the Titans and Arthur Smith. Uh, that second year in an outside zone-based running offense and with the bootleg and all that kind of stuff, usually that second year is when there's there's a big leap taken. Um, so I expect them to be at, at more dynamic on offense. Um, especially with OBJ back. I, I don't buy that Baker's a better quarterback without him on the field. Um, he's a premier talent, and defenses have to adjust to that. So he just adds another chess piece for for the Browns to use on offense. The only thing I would say is their offensive line is, is kind of thin. So if they lose anybody there, uh, they might be in a little bit of trouble. But um, as long as they stay healthy, they're going to they're gonna be fun to watch on offense. And it's just really, can they make enough stops on defense to keep them in games? Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of what you said, Casey. But when I picked the re- the uh, games and and the record came out, I had the Browns, and maybe I'm a little higher than most on them, but I had them at 14 and three to end the season. Um, I, you know, first off, I guess I'll just say the same thing you said. I don't agree with this OBJ take that Baker's better without him. There's that's just anecdotal and makes no sense to me. But um, stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> I figure mean, that you, out you later. Out. You cited volume yeah. stats when he played more games without OBJ than with. So, hey, we'll see this year. We'll see this year. Touche. Um, anyway, back on topic. You know, I also really loved their draft. I think they nailed it. They really filled some needs, and also it, it was a it was a good meeting of filling holes and best player available. They did it. They did a good job um, in this draft. Obviously, time will tell. But 
you know, you touched on it, Durgan. Baker may not be elite, but he doesn't necessarily have to be elite. This team is so talented, especially on offense. Um, and I think he's young enough that maybe the best is, is still to come. He's only 26. That's relatively young in quarterback age. So um, I'm very optimistic for this team. I think there is a lot of good things to come. And I think just more time with Stefanski at the head coach position will do wonders for them. I mean, in one year, they went 11-5, and five, which is pretty damn good. Um, considering where this franchise has been. So I, I like this team a lot. They're one of my favorite teams in the entire league. I think you hit the nail on the head, Durgan. They're a playoff contender for sure with the ceiling of, of being a uh, Super Bowl contender. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a great team, and, and they're first for me. Um, I have a feeling who me and Durgan have second. So, Durgan, why don't yep. you start with that, and then Casey, tell us why you think the Ravens are in a better position. You did it a little bit, but um, go ahead, Durgan. One quick backtracking point. Me and Casey actually have the same record for the Browns, 12 and 5. So we're not mm-hmm. that different. It's just how different we are on the Ravens is uh, you know, how this division breaks down for both of us. And the Ravens, I have them at 11 and 6. So they're only one game behind the Browns. Uh, they're the sixth seed overall. And the problem I have with the Ravens, I'm not going to say Lamar Jackson. It's the fact that they they <laughs> didn't get better. They didn't get better this offseason. I, 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 at this point, they did not get better. Uh, they might get Julio Jones, which you know, obviously changes oh, things. Rashad Bateman is better. How is that not better? They, Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins, but they lost their right tackle, Orlando Brown, who was one of the best right tackles and played very well left tackle. Lost Matthew Judon and lost um, uh, the Gawkway. And their best defender, best front seven defender, is Clays Campbell, who's 34 years old. So you have an aging defensive lineman as your best you know pass rusher at this point uh, they have some guys on the edge who are unproven and that defense the cornerbacks are very good but at some point they have to get pre- uh, pass get pressure on the quarterback if they sign a justin houston type player who's still out there the free agent that would do wonders uh for them so i still think they're good because harbaugh is a great coach he's him and tomlin might be two most underrated coaches in my opinion they're elite they're up that upper echelon of coaches and Lamar Jackson, I've been ragging on him for two-plus years, but he's won every single year. And it doesn't matter where you think he's an accurate passer or not. The style of offense they run, they run the ball, and they run the ball, and they run the ball. So they'll possess the clock. And most times, more times often than not, that will beat teams by itself right there. Where the trends of the postseason, different, different story. But in terms of the regular season, it's not fun to face a team that wants to run the ball 40 times. And can run you with some power guys like Edwards and Dobbins. Dobbins lit both. Or I have a quarterback like Jackson who is you know, four three speed outside juking you out of your shoes. So they're a very tough matchup regular season. That's why I still think they're they go eleven and six. I mean I think that made me a little high on them because I'm once again, they didn't get better, which I do not like. So we'll see what happens. They can pick up some players, but things are trending the wrong direction in my eyes. Yeah, I mean I agree on on some aspects and Really, we're not even that far away on the Ravens. You have them at 11 and 6, and I have them at 13 and 4 and getting the three seed in the AFC. Um, You know, I think the back end is really good. Like you mentioned, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They have Calais Campbell. Patrick Queen is is coming into his second year. He can grow into a solid player. And when that defense is playing well and they're balancing the, the. the offense and the offense is possessing the ball and then they're getting the ball back and they're just chewing that clock and wearing teams down that's that's really the the Ravens formula for success but I think you also have to take a perspective of you know Lamar is fighting for a a huge contract and if he can take a step in in the passing game with Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown and Mandrews 
you know, they're, they're going to have to pay him and they're going to have to pay him a lot. And a lot of times we see guys really step up in their contract years. So if, if Lamar's got it in him, I feel like this is the year where he's going to he's gonna do things in the passing game. Um, you know, he's, he's reliable in the run game. And as long as he continues to stay healthy, he had sort of that freak uh, injury, the concussion in the playoffs, uh, just his head slamming against the ground. Um, so as long as he stays clean, you know, I'm pretty high on them. I think their, their defense makes a little bit of a difference. The, the lack of a true edge is... A little bit concerning, but I have a feeling they're going to make some signing at some point, uh, whether it's in camp or whatever. When when people cut, you know, some surprise guys, I think they're they're going to try to make a push and and get someone that can create some some pressure on the quarterback. Um, so overall, I think they're just a little bit more balanced on both sides of the ball, uh, and, and I think they patched some holes. As did the Browns. It's just going to you know I have a, a one game difference between these guys with the 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 Ravens one game ahead. So. Um, it really could go either way. I'm 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 pretty high on both those teams. Uh, I'm also pretty high on both those teams. You know, I I actually think the Ravens did improve um, a little bit, maybe marginally. I think this offense is going to be more dynamic than we've seen. We talked about this in the past where um, they ran the ball super well, but it was a little bit predictable at a, at a certain point. Not that you could even necessarily stop it, but with the weapons that they have now um, and Lamar Jackson's projected development, hopefully as a passer, I think this could be a pretty scary offense um, come, uh, come, come the season this year. So I, I, I actually think this team um, did improve. I, I know Durgan doesn't and don't sleep on their edge rushers. They're not terrible. Derek Wolf is solid. Um, Clay's Campbell's 34, but he's a great player. Ever he was, yeah. he, he can still contribute at a high level. So I, I mean, they're not they're kind of thin at the at that position so i agree they should do something but don't don't sleep on this defense man this is still a top tier defense well the ravens always have a good defense it seems like no matter who's like on the the roster who's coaching defense they're always good like it's just they're one of the teams that no matter how many times you face them like you just you're gonna be a very tough game yeah absolutely absolutely and Harbaugh is a great coach, like you mentioned. This is still going to be a really good team. I could see them finishing first, just the way the records picked out. I had them at twelve and five, um, and the Browns at fourteen and three. So let's let's dive into the lower tiers here, uh, the third and fourth position. Probably we have similar picks as far as who's in third and who's in fourth. Maybe the record will differ though, based on what we think of these teams. But Durgan, why do you run us through the third uh, third position here in the AFC North? Yeah, spoiler: we all got the Steelers here, but like you said. We have some different opinions on how good or bad they'll be. Just like like the Patriots of last week, the Steelers this week. I had the Steelers at eight and nine, and I felt sick to my stomach putting that that record down for them because I don't think they'll be that bad. I think this is a ten win team. They're oh. never bad. They are they are never bad. You go back to history. The last time they were under five hundred was before Big Ben was on the team, and the last time their own draft pick was in the top ten was nineteen ninety eight. No matter how good or bad their roster is, Tomlin elevates them he's never been below 500 as coach so he elevates them to be okay at least i mean with the two years ago they had no big ben had mason rudolph and doc hodges as their quarterback and they were like in the playoff hunt so like they're they know they did make the playoffs i think that year so they're always good um, i worry about their offensive line which you know lost some guys uh pouncey uh villanueva so they, they got to do something there uh, especially with big ben who can't really move that well anymore in his arm for the most part, uh, is much weaker than it once was. But they have some great receivers. Their top four receivers are very good. 
We lost Lance, I think, lost Greens. Uh, Najee Harris, we all like him. He's a great running back. Might be tough running behind that um, offensive line, but he'll, he'll do the job. Uh, their defense is to carry them, though. And T.J. Watt, one of the better players in the league. Uh, they lost Bud Dupree, but he tore his ACL last year, and they still did pretty good without him. I think they'll be okay, and I, I'm always high on the Steelers. I've been their bandwagon the last two years, so I'm probably higher than most people. But I don't see a way where this team does not get at least eight wins just based on coaching, uh, based on Big Ben. Because he, you know, he's not as good as he once was, but he can still get the job done. He's like a Phillip Rivers where even at his worst, he's still a quarterback that can get the ball out in time and knows where to go with the ball. So we'll see what happens. But at eight and nine, they'll miss the playoffs by a few games. Um, I'm at 11th overall in the AFC. Well, I'm excited to hear what Casey has to say because I I see a very clear path to them having a losing record this season. But Casey, why don't we go to you? What do you think shakes out for the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the same thing happened to me that happened to me last week. Is I I selected all the games and then I looked at the record and I was like, oh, that's not what I would just have done off the top of my head. So yeah. I have the Steelers at five and twelve. So I guess Tomlin is going to have his first losing season here. Um, but I, when you look at the team, I, there's nothing on that team that really scares me you know maybe tj watt um but i think a little bit of is is sour minka too minka I yeah, give him minka. Some yeah i like minka uh but it's soured a little bit by the end of their season last year they you know they were the last undefeated team and then in whatever week 11 or 12 they got beat by the washington football team and then the wheels just kind of fell off um so it's hard not to have that taste in your mouth, but uh, Juju, I don't, I don't think has been able to sustain number one wide receiver looks and and attention. Um, Deontay Johnson and Ebron have a ton of drops, and they have two new guys on the on the offensive line, which I don't think is going to impact a ton, uh, especially with the the quick game that I think the Steelers are going to want to run. That really alleviates uh, a lot of the pressure on the offensive line, but. Um, Adding Najee Harris doesn't really tilt the scales much for me. I, I'm, I like him, and he's a he's a great running back. But uh, I don't feel like they were missing a running back last year, and that's why they didn't have a ton of success. Um, so you know, I'm not super high on them. I don't I don't know where they they scare you a ton. Um, that defense is going to have to play at a, a top tier level, and they're just going to have to be way more consistent and dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm I'm not <clears> sold that that's going to happen. I am also not sold that that is going to happen. I think, unfortunately, this may be the year that the Steelers fall off a cliff a little bit, to a degree. And uh, part of that is because I don't see a discernible plan for the future, especially at the quarterback position. Um, And then also this year seems to be potentially the hardest year in recent history for the Steelers, just in general from a scheduling perspective as well as a bye week perspective. If we look at, at the roster, I agree with Casey. They have some some key pieces. You still got some young defensive stars, TJ Watt, Fitzpatrick, um, solid trio of receivers, Juju. I'm a big Chase Claypool fan. Deontay Johnson is, is decent as well. Um, and I like Najee Harris, but like Casey mentioned, I mean, we've talked about this endlessly on this podcast. First round running backs, I don't know that any first-round running back really moves the needle, especially for a team like the Steelers that I think there were some some more pressing needs. But um, listen, there's clearly cemented third in this division. Um, it would take a lot, I think, for them to leap either the Browns or the Ravens. But in general, I mean, the issue to, for me isn't necessarily even roster talent. It's when you look at the, their schedule, 
from a strength of schedule um, perspective, they have the hardest schedule in the entire NFL coming up this season, which is, does not bode well for a team that I think has some some unanswered questions. And then in addition to that, they have the earliest bye week, even though they didn't even have a bye week last year, they have the earliest bye week out of all the teams in this division. So they're going to have to finish the season out with 11 straight games. I don't, I don't know... I don't. I think it's the perfect storm for them to have Mike Tomlin's first losing season. Unfortunately, I don't want to see it for them, but I just don't think the talent is there for all the divisional matchups they're going to have. And then on top of that, having just in general the hardest strength of schedule, as well as a kind of rough uh, bye week position, I just think it's it's just not going to work out well for them uh, coming up this season. And and obviously the icing on the cake, we've discussed it: an aging Big Ben without sort of an immediate backup plan um, waiting in the wings. Mason Rudolph is in it. I, I don't know exactly what happens here moving forward for the Steelers, but I think they need to start planning a little bit for the future um, at the quarterback position and probably sooner rather than later. You could argue they should have gone quarterback much earlier in the draft. Like Not not here as a fine pick, but they should have gone quarterback second, third round and look for something for the future because they're – I mean, Big Ben, I mean, he is their offense. Much as we say Claypool, Juju are good players, like, they need someone to get those guys the ball. And Big Ben can do that, and Rand, uh, Rudolph definitely cannot. It's, it's painful to watch him play football. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. Take a Kyle Trask, you know, take somebody. Somebody. On. So yeah. just, it, just get somebody in there, you know. Yeah. Try to hit on, a, on you know, at worst case scenario, you have a, a backup for the future, yeah. and, and you keep trying, but – you know, quarterback factory, right? Isn't that the that's what we want to? That's what <laughs> quarterback we factory, man. Uh, all right. Well, if that's if there's no more thoughts on the Steelers, we can talk about who uh, we all pretty much consensus have in the last position here, um, the yes. Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll start with you, Durgan. How do you feel about uh, the Bengals? Yes, the poor Bengals. Um, I've met three and fourteen. I think that's also a little low because this is the most talented team they've had in the last three years. Not saying much because they didn't really have any talent to begin with. Um, I don't like Taylor. I don't like their ownership. But if Burrow is healthy, he has some receivers to throw to. And Joe Mixon's not a bad running back. He's a little overpaid, but he's not a bad running back. Offensive line's getting a little bit better. It's still not not great. Um, and their defense, once again, not great, but they are actually making like some progress. Like They're, they're getting there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this team pulls off a few upsets. Like, if they beat... I've been beating the Steelers once. I could definitely see that. They can have some weeks where they actually look like they're ready to contend, and then the next week lose by 30 points. So they'll be up and down. Um, I think they're one year away from actually making some progress. Like next year at this point, if they have a new coach, um, they get another defender. I wouldn't be shocked if they overtake one of these teams to be the third best team in the division. Uh, they're still a few years away from actually being legitimate. Like, oh, wow, this team can make some noise. But the progress is being made slowly but surely. Uh, they've got to make sure Joe Burrow stays healthy. And they could have gone offensive line. They went Jamar Chase, who's going to be a great uh, player for them. But is it best for their long term? I don't know. Yeah, I I know the, the biggest concern, I think, for a lot of people is the offensive line and, and protecting Joe Burrow. But um, especially if Zach Taylor is able to, um, having T. Higgins and Jamar Chase – Paired with Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, I think you can do a lot of things to alleviate the the stress on the offensive line. Uh, I think Burrow is mobile enough that you can get him outside the pocket. You can run a lot of quick game. You can run a lot of RPOs, and those kind of receivers are are perfect for that. 
Um, so if they make those adjustments, I, I think they'll be okay. Um, I mean, they, they've patched a little bit on the, on the offensive line with Riley Reef and free agency. They also have Jonah Williams, who they took in 2019 in their, for their first overall pick. Uh, he didn't play that year, so he, he really had his rookie year this last year. Um, so they may get some help from him as well on the offensive line. Um, and they're getting there sort of slowly but surely. But I'm not sure the defense is going to stop a whole lot very consistently. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to win some shootouts. You're going to have to thrive off of some turnovers and, and sort of stuff like that. Um, I'm interested to sort of see how Trey Hendrickson does from New Orleans, who they signed um, as an edge guy. Um, just because he was sort of off my radar a little bit while he was in New Orleans, and it'll be interesting to see if he can sort of perform to the same level that he was in, in New Orleans and in Cincinnati now. Um, if he can get to the passer, that, that helps a lot as far as the secondary and linebackers go uh, and, and could give them an opportunity on defense to, to make some things happen. Yeah, this this I'm very concerned for this team. Um, you guys pretty much touched on everything. I'm not going to repeat it. Defense isn't great. Offensive line is average at best. Um, skill positions are probably the only highlight here in terms of you know wide receivers are good. Running back is good. Quarterback is good, potentially. Um, we'll see. But I, I just think I'm going to say a little, little bit of a hot take here. Um, I think the, the Jamar Chase pick will haunt this team, and not picking Panay Sewell will haunt this team and could be the reason Zach Taylor ends up getting fired. So we'll see. But I, I really, I'm just not a fan of, of taking Jamar Chase as talented as he is. Um, you know, it, it's the sexier pick, but I just don't like building from that perspective. It wasn't a need, in my opinion. Tyler Boyd is a very capable receiver. T. Higgins proved he's a very capable receiver. Um, you can find production in addition to those guys other places in the draft. You didn't need to take Jamar Chase at five. Obviously, it could be proven wrong. He could come out and be a thousand-yard receiver in his rookie year, but it just didn't feel like the right pick. It felt it didn't feel like the right building block. Um, you know, Penny Sewell, by all accounts, is a franchise left tackle, one of the best prospects we've seen at the position in a while. Um, it just felt right to pair that with your franchise quarterback, who's coming off an injury for a position of, of need to a degree. I mean, you're definitely improving at that position if you take Penny Sewell. So I know I'm spending a lot of time talking about that, but I just really don't think this team got better um, as much as they really needed to to take a, a, a leap. Durgan mentioned they're a year away. I think they're probably two or three years away from, from being relevant, especially in this division where every other team, I mean, both the Browns and the Ravens, I think, are set up well for the future. Um, mm-hmm. The Steelers, outside a quarterback, have a pretty solid amount of talent. So if they can figure that out, they're set up well. The Bengals are kind of in this purgatory where you're really going to need Joe Burrow to turn into like Aaron Rodgers if you want to elevate this franchise to compete for uh, uh, the first um, first or second position. It's just not – I just don't see it right now with what they're doing, and I think it's, it's kind of concerning um, based on how they drafted. So we'll see what happens with the Bengals. But do you guys have any final thoughts on the AFC North or the Bengals before we head into our next segment here? One last thought about, you know, agreeing with you said about Sewell versus Chase, you can always find a number one receiver in free agency. Those guys hit the open market, get paid a decent amount of money, but there's always every year you can find somebody. How often can you find a franchise left tackle in free agency? I mean, Trent Williams was this year, but it's once every three or four years that you find a high-end left tackle. But this year it was Galladay available. 
I mean, Julio Jones available in trades. There's always guys available to sign the receiver. So why draft one at five? I think Jamar Chase can be great, but it's all about you know building your roster the right way, not just going with, oh yeah, he's the best player available, but we already have three good receivers. It's, I mean, it's a very Bengals move. Um, I don't remember where I saw this, but I did read recently that um, some of the data is showing that it's actually it is better to build outside in on offense at least um, to get the skill guys and get that stuff going and then just get average offensive linemen and that's going to be more lead to more production on offense than the inverse of having an absolutely dominant offensive line but no ability to create separation or any dynamic playmakers outside uh, and I think that stat sort of leads into explosive plays on offense especially in the NFL if you have more than one or two explosive plays on offense in a drive, you're like 75% more likely to score a touchdown on that drive. So if you I, have no ability to get explosive plays with dynamic playmakers outside, I think that limits your ability to go on on scoring drives. Whether that's correct or, or not, there's different philosophies, and I think Cyrus has a different philosophy that he's about <laughs> not, to share. Not necessarily. But, not necessarily. But here's what I'll say. I'm not, I'm not of the belief that they were lacking uh, playmakers necessarily. Like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, to me, are two playmakers at wide receiver. They they played very well last season. Um, So Uh, I don't know if I I would call them playmakers. I would call them nice pieces. I wouldn't say they're neither one of those guys is going to take over a game. Well, they're both relatively young, and you know I think they have the potential to take over a game as well as the skill set to do so. Um, So I don't know. We've seen first-round receivers come into the league and struggle more often than we've seen first-round receivers come into the league and immediately become stars. Yes, Jamar Chase is a unique talent, but so was Corey Davis, for instance, right? So it's just it's it's more of a crapshoot, in my opinion. And like Durgan mentioned, how many top-tier elite left tackles are there in the league? Maybe like maybe maybe ten, if you're being generous, right? There's a lot like, more yeah. talented, quality receivers available. And I think you still could have gotten somebody in the second round. The Bengals had a high second round pick. You still could have gotten somebody to come in and be that guy on the outside, like you mentioned, Casey. So I, I just think from a value perspective, it just felt like it felt like an emotional pick more than a logical pick. Like, oh, let's get Jamar Chase, pair him with his former quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Great story. Do, do, do. We'll be four and <laughs> four and 13 again or some shit. So anyway, we don't have to keep talking about the Bengals, but um <laughs> I, I I've voiced my opinion on this enough. Even when we talked about the draft, I just hate hate it. But anyways, I mean, I think you're also assuming that Panay Sewell is this bona fide franchise left tackle, and there's no guarantee that he is that either. I mean, you look at the Giants and Andrew Thomas last year, and how much did Makai Becton help the the Jets the year before, and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's no guarantee this guy is going to be a stud that's just going to lock in for forever. Like, you're not going to guarantee get production from him year one either. So. No, you're uh, totally they, right. And that applies to anywhere in the draft. That's just yeah. that's not just wide receiver, that's not just left tackle. I do think Penny Sewell is a better tackle prospect than Mackay Becton was though, and I think he's coming into a better situation hypothetically on the Bengals if that were to have happened. But you're right. There is no guarantees with the NFL draft. So, you know, you got to go with with what you think is best. That you do. And that you do. Speaking of, let's go with who we think is best on these blind taste tests yes. that you described. I don't like the way that I don't think taste tests. <laughs> blind, let's let's yeah. just do uh, let's just say blind test. Or yeah, NFL something. blind tests. Yeah, 
So we're going right. to do four sets of these, and we'll have two players per, I'm assuming, same position for each. Yes. Right? yes, yes, yes and yes. Um, and then, Durgan, I'll let you run run us through this. You'll run mm-hmm. us through the stats of each, and we'll each kind of give our selection of who we would pick, and then you'll reveal who the players are, yeah? Yes, and cool. I'll break down. Uh, I'll give you the, the position beforehand. Okay. Uh, so you'll have that. And um, you guys can, can guess the players, the stats, too. But that's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, just making sure for the readers at home. All right, so the first one, player A. The last two seasons has played in 31 games, 61 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, 7,868 yards, and a 68 completion percentage. Player B, 28 games, 55 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 6,581 yards, and a 67 completion percentage. Who would you rather have based on these stats? Hmm. Why do I feel like one of these guys is like Matt Ryan or something? Um... <laughs> You go first, Casey. Um, well, I, I'm pretty confident that it's not Matt Ryan because I think Matt Ryan has had like 10 consecutive 4,000-yard passing yeah. seasons. It's, it's not Matt Ryan. Oh, the okay, sum okay. is not, not 8,000 here. So big brain thinking, no Matt you're Ryan right, in you're here. Right. You're right. Um, I thought maybe player A was Matt Ryan, but you're right. So 32 total games. So player B missed four. Um, no. So a small injury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that one might be Patrick Mahomes. Is, is not. maybe my guess. Not. Darn it. Anyway, we're not guessing who the players are. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm, this like. is my train of thought. It's yeah. easy to just say, like, oh, I want the guy with the better stats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to go a little bit against the grain and go with the player B who has 55 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Because um, if you're averaging, you know, like five interceptions, six interceptions a, a year, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good look. I like player B too because I like the amount of touchdowns and the less the lesser amount of turnovers, regardless of the amount of yards. All right, so player A is Kirk Cousins. Oh, my boy! Casey. <laughs> player B is a Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill. Damn. Well, that's also I, that's, my boy. Yeah, I, I, that's, I probably, that's pretty good. I probably so would have picked Ryan Tannehill over Kirk yes. Cousins. But you look at Kirk Cousins' stats, and Not bad. you you look at that like, wow, this guy's like a top, like, six, seven quarterback, and then you're like, oh, it's Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins, like, his stats are great. Just, Don't yeah, get everyone Casey hate, all riled up here. Yeah, every, every, I, everyone I, I hates love, him. I love both everyone of these Everyone hates guys. him. Both, both are guys. Yeah, both yeah. are guys. I mean, but I think we all agree that Ryan Tannehill is the better player. So, stats do not lie in this scenario. Mm, okay. Then, uh, I mean, sort of. Mm. Well, because, like, so, like, he has less touchdowns and interceptions, but he's also played in less games. Yeah. True, true. So like if he played, and on a run, three more run heavy team too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So All right. Let's number go to two number here. Two. Player A, thirty-two games, two thousand two hundred three yards, one hundred forty-one receptions, seven touchdowns. Obviously, it's a receiver. Player B, thirty games, two thousand three hundred sixty-eight yards, one hundred fifty-three receptions, and eight touchdowns. Oh boy. I feel like neither one is a big dog because, like, the big dogs have 100 receptions in a year. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like DeAndre Hopkins was getting, like, 104, 110 receptions a year or something like that. So I feel like it's got to be a middle-tier guy that's averaging, you know, 1,000 yards but on 75 or 80 catches uh, for both of these guys. Um, One of these guys has to be Julio Jones, right? Nope. No, I'll give you a clue. They're both youngish players. Okay. 
Justin, no, he did only play one year. I mean, I guess I'll go with player A, who hasn't missed a game, um, has more less yards but on less receptions, so I think he's probably got more uh, yards per catch. Yeah, Otherwise, I think... they're they're very equal, so it's hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go player B. I'll go I'll I'll go against the grain of what Casey picked, just because I think more yards in less games, some more yards per game, more receptions, more touchdowns slightly lower catch percentage but i'll go player b i'd pick player b so player a is dk metcalf Mm -hmm. player b is dj jones of the carolina panthers see that's surprising dj moore you more more yes yes my fault my fault yeah but that's surprising like dk metcalf like we talk about him rightfully so and also it's a misprint 17 touchdowns not seven so that's that's my fault Oh, uh, well, then I, your pick, I pick player <laughs> A. I, would, I, would, I know it, I would change your opinion. I, I, that's fair. That's fair. That's a mistake on my end. But still, when you look at it, you think, all right, DJ, DK Metcalf is like talked about as the next Julio Jones, the next top dog. But DJ Moore's numbers are just as good as his, pretty much. Except for touchdowns. Yeah, well, hey, now that hey. you said 17 touchdowns, I got. I mean, it's like, that's I, a I, no-brainer. I think I might believe that on Naxing. I pretty sure I had 17 down. So I was like, oh, this is going to be. No, you did. I deleted it because you said seven. So I thought you wrote it on accident. Okay. But well, I, can't I, read you know it. what? That's not, that's I will problem. say, my takeaway from this is I think people sleep on DJ Moore a little bit because these are some. Yes. I mean, he's not he's not the red zone threat that DK Metcalf is. And we know that, right? That's just not his DNA. Yes. But these are some good stats for the past and two years. At, I think people don't look, give him the yeah. respect he deserves. Look at his quarterback versus Russell Wilson. Too. Oh, 100%. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, hey, if, if, if you want to know more about DJ Moore, you can go to youtube.com slash weekly spiral and, and see Boom. the breakdown I did on him. He has a very good plug. Perfect plug. Love it. All right, let's All go right. to three. Let's go to the third so, situation. Three is just on this last season. So just the 2020 season. Okay. Player A, both played in 14 games. So player A, 201 rushes, uh, 1,104 yards, 47 receptions, 355 yards, 11 total touchdowns. Player B, 247 rushes, 170 yards, 54 receptions, 438 yards, and 10 total touchdowns. It's player A, easy. Easy. Yards uh, per carry, way better. Uh, but receptions. But the receptions, though. Nah, I'm going player A. Yeah, I'm going to go player A, too. Well, I'll try tricking you, Casey, because player A is Aaron Jones. Yeah. And player B is David Montgomery. No, <laughs> nice. huh? Again, again every, another situation. Everyone, David Montgomery, every, yep, better than I remembered. Everyone wow. hates on him. He has he was less like, yards on forty more carries. You're right, but still, I didn't remember him being sort of a thousand yard running back. But anyways, he was like, yeah, I think he was. His, this past season was very good. Like he was top five rusher, but yet no one talks about him. Granted, he had like all those rushing yards in the last like five games with that fancy true. team. Very appreciated. Yeah, yeah but did. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, last one, which is this is my favorite because I this is kind of a it's good. All right, so player, <laughs> okay. player, both both these guys played in thirty two games the last two seasons. Player A forty eight touchdowns, twenty nine interceptions, seven thousand three hundred ninety yards, sixty one percent completion percentage. Player B forty seven touchdowns, thirty one picks, eight thousand seven hundred eighty four yards, and a sixty six uh, completion percentage. I feel Who like one of take? these guys is like Carson Wentz or some shit. Um, no, not Carson Wentz. Not no? Carson Wentz. <laughs> these guys love fucking turning the ball over here. Yes. A lot. What is this, James Winston? No, they played every game the last two years. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I guess I'll go B. Only slightly more interceptions, but 
like 1500 yards more yeah so. same same i have to go b so player b is flip rivers Oh, fucking hate your guy <laughs> casey's favorite that, there, that explains the interceptions <laughs> player a is uh our favorite baker mayfield oh okay because he was so bad at, yeah. he was so bad in 2019 so yeah. pretty interesting you, mean, you have the young guy that is in every commercial and then you have philip rivers who his you know best thing he's done the last few years is those mic'd up segments yeah underappreciated philip appreciated at least from Casey. Future, future hall of famer uh, yeah yeah uh, that was fun. We should do this more often. I like it. It was segment. good. So yeah. I, I think for the, I think for the most part that stats don't lie for the most part because three out of four I think we picked the better player. Uh, Last one bigger the better player than Philip Rivers, but the first three I think we were right. Is Baker better than Philip Rivers? Let Casey answer that one. Oh boy, it's too early to say. It's <laughs> okay. Too early it's to too say. Early to say. We need career. Baker play a few that's more fair, years, and then we can make a, a decision. But that's a, that's a good uh, segue there. Let's wrap things up on episode ninety three of the Weekly Spiral. Thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in. Check us out on Twitter at Weekly Spiral. Check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash Weekly Spiral. Our website, of course, is weeklyspiral.com. Before we head out, uh, I want to give the uh, co-hosts here a chance to plug some content that is coming up. Casey, you mentioned a little bit, but you want to give the listeners a little reminder on, on what they should be checking out? Yeah, DJ Moore is already out, so that was out a couple weeks ago. But this oh, nice. week, I will be doing Jeffrey Okuda from the Lions, his rookie year. He uh, he str- struggled, yes. to be blunt. Um, put a very high draft pedigree, and, and I sort of looked at how he might fit in Aaron Glenn's defense and, and what traits he has and why he, he might still be able to be successful, but... He definitely struggled in his first year, his rookie year, as a, as a cornerback for the Lions. Nice. Well, Lions fans, check that out. Maybe there will be some some optimistic takes there from Casey. I always Maybe try not. to put a little bit of an optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Durgan, what about you, man? Yes, the top 10 receivers slash tight ends for the 2022 NFL Draft already up. So when you listen to this, check that out. Awesome. Draft season year-round. Let's go. Um, this has been a weekly spot production bringing you fresh football every single week thank you again for sticking with us uh, we are excited to continue our divisional coverage I don't know what we're doing next week probably another AFC division uh, AFC South AFC South that's a good one that'll be exciting um, so stay tuned come back stick with us episode 94 next week uh, we're looking forward to it but whatever else you get up to have a great rest of the day and we'll see you next week